0: Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. Welcome. The goal of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those whose God given mission is to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're training warriors to fight for the human heart. Our spiritual coaching is driven by a singular belief that every wound in our heart that's left untouched by God will hinder how deeply we can know Him and how fully we can follow Him. Only healthy hearts are free to develop a relationship with God that outlasts the pressures of life and every unworthy claim for our loyalty and devotion.
1: Welcome, everyone. You have found the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast. We're teaching spiritual coaches how to fight for and guide reluctant hearts into a full and fearless devotion to God. In this episode... Of our podcast, we'll move from the you know the seven aspects of spiritual coaching that I shared in the last episode to focus on something that will follow the coaching session: homework. There is a known danger for all counselors, and that includes spiritual coaches. The the counselee or the counseled can become negatively and even romantically attached to their counselor. It is something termed transference uh, in the professional world and which is and that's when someone redirects feelings and emotions that are held over from childhood onto someone new in their present. Uh, The coach becomes attached in an unhealthy way to the coach when those unmet longings, especially those that are held unconsciously, are directed at their coach, counselor, or therapist. I don't know that this is completely unavoidable, but I do think that it won't matter if we can help them become dependent upon God rather than on us. Because we've been of help to them in a critical time of need, they see us as their Savior instead of God, if we position ourselves where only God should be. But if rightly handled, we might succeed in directing them to turn their heart toward God and not miss a chance to come to the belief that God loves them and is their only hope for abundant life. But if we aren't careful to direct all credit to God and to structure a Godward process, folks may think that we are the reason that they're doing better. This is harmful because unhealthy ties can be created between coach and the coached, and that can lead to any number of damaging outcomes. More than one coach, counselor, teacher, professor have gotten romantically involved in those they're supposed to help instead of hurt. That extreme is possible, but the more obvious risk is that they affix their hearts to us instead of God. Not romantically, uh, but but dependently. By affix, I simply mean that their their respect and appreciation and trust it comes to us rather than to God. A time of extreme need and a key moment in life, maybe a a once-in-a-lifetime chance to become so deeply in love with and devoted to God that it holds their loyalty for the rest of their lives. That's the moment. That's what's at stake. And how dare we take that from them, especially to put ourselves where only God belongs and deserves to be. Now, one way to help uh, avoid this unhealthy connection to us rather than to God Uh, is through homework. Ah, yes, of course. The phone has to bing in the middle of recording an episode. All right, so one way to help avoid this is through homework. Instead of diving right into uh, their pressing problem at the first time that they come in, we send them home to hear from God for themselves. Uh, I used to do that, you know, start right out asking questions, trying to figure out what their true problem was for them. More often than not, the thing that brings them in is a is a symptom, and, and they need to pop the hood to figure out what has gone wrong. Even if not, they need insight to understand the why behind the what and the how behind the why, and I tried to figure all of that out for them before I fell on this idea of homework. Three reasons for using homework. First, and so this might be surprising to you, but uh, and maybe even insensitive, but Maybe the biggest reason why I use homework is that it helps to distinguish between those who are serious about getting help and those who aren't. Some people just don't want help if they have to do the work. Others are just understandably not ready. Uh, The the trauma that they've experienced is is, going to be very difficult for them to unearth and to to sit with and to look at. And of course, they are reluctant. Uh, But homework helps them realize that their progress that their progress is their responsibility. Okay, homework helps them realize that their progress is their responsibility. And it helps them discover just how serious they are about change and obedience. Often people think they're ready and find out that they really aren't anywhere near serious enough or desperate enough to begin and then stick with the hard work and spiritual realities that are required. Spiritual coaches are not responsible for making sure people grow. We want that, but it's not our responsibility. It's not our job to take that from them or to take up the the spirit's role of knowing when the timing is right in their lives. We may uh, parent people just a bit and encourage and nudge. But at the point we begin to press aggressively to force our agenda or timetable on them or manipulate them, we've crossed the line. So this is one reason I don't make a follow-up appointment at the end of an appointment. I tell them to get in touch with me when, they're, when they've done their homework. More on that in a moment. Homework is one way uh, for everyone to assess just how much help is truly desired. Secondly, um, homework means that they will have to hear from God for themselves. They found out that I'm not going to do it for them, that is, hear from God for them, but also that they don't need me to. When they do the homework and return with it, they make progress based on what they bring back with them. Progress based on what they heard from God. At that point, you can remind them that God loves them and is uh, the one they need. Proven by the fact that he showed up when they called out to him um, as they worked through their homework. And that he subsequently showed up again when they prayed through the problem that we found ourselves at because of the starting place the homework gave us. Then God is their hero, their savior, and their all. Can you see uh, what the homework is trying to do here, what I'm trying to do with the homework? Many people have never sat and had a conversation with God, not for 15 minutes, let alone for 30 to 60 minutes. The homework helps them learn to do that. If they're desperate enough, they'll look to God, and in turn, they learn to converse with him. Uh, We use two homework prompts, one that explains how to give themselves the best chance of a successful conversation, and a second one that directs them what to do when they're actually in that conversation. Uh, That way they don't, you know, sit down and have no idea how to get started or what to ask. Having nothing to help direct their thoughts is a pretty good way to make sure that first-timers never come back with finished homework. And we obviously don't want that. Often when I'm trying to communicate the wisdom of homework, I'll explain it by referring to that age-old adage or proverb, um, give a man to fish and he eats for a day, or he's hungry again in an hour, but teach them to fish and they eat for a lifetime. They're never hungry again. If they have to go figure out what's bothering them by asking God, they learn to do it in the future on their own. Sure, they'll often need someone to interpret what God tells them. They they can't understand the importance or impact of what God points out to them from the disadvantaged position as subjective players in their own narrative. But once they realize that God will talk to them if they just ask and wait long enough to hear him, it'll do all sorts of good for their future relationship with God. You're showing them the way to know what's wrong in the moment and how to make progress on their own next time, as much as is possible on their own. And they learn how to tell someone else how to do it as well. So, homework lets them know that their sp- spiritual growth and health is their responsibility, it helps them even figure out whether or not they're even ready, um, and it helps them hear from God for themselves. And then, third, uh, um, spiritual coaches must operate on the assumption that God knows what's best, including the order and timing. Uh, of the recovery for everyone who calls on him for rescue. So the third thing is that homework lets God lead. I like the way the message renders Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you a future that you hope for, the future that you've hoped for. So you know. I know what I'm doing, suggests that God might know what he's doing and that his way of approaching a problem is better than mine. Even when we see something that will eventually need to be addressed that may not be where God would have them begin to take back their freedom. I discovered that where I would begin with people is often not the same place that God directs us to start the healing process after they've done their homework. He knows what is a product and what is a source, how much people can take at the moment, and whether they need to begin with a huge issue or get some confidence with a minor one. Sometimes the worst idea is to jump into the most deepest, darkest hole in their heart and and, and begin with that issue. So this is where the use of homework aids the coaching process. They're instructed to talk with God about their problems, uh, having been supplied with a a topic for discussion from their first session. And then I instruct them how to listen for God to redirect them to another starting point. If he does that, they're given tools to help them and then sent off without making a return appointment. They're told to contact me if they have questions uh, that stall their process or, or when they have finished the take home project. This helps folks have their own conversation with God, to hear from him themselves, to put some real work into their transformation and to realize that progress is their responsibility, not the coaches a key area where we'll need the Holy Spirit to shed light is on the root or ground that's under the sin. I will discuss this in detail in a later episode, but just keep in mind at this point that whenever changes are required, lies need to be exposed, the truth needs to be declared, sin needs to be confessed, Satan needs to be handed to defeat, so you're going to need to know specifics. And that's stuff only God knows and only He can uncover. So, I don't schedule the next appointment at the close of a session for the same reason I've just given for why I give the homework. It's easier for people to let their coach take the place of their own determination, their own discipline, and their own heart. When they know they're coming back next week or next month for a a new pep talk and refocus, they may not work very hard themselves to stay on track or to fuel their heart. And why not let the coach do the homework for them instead of doing the work of, and facing the awkwardness of trying to hear from God? <laughs> you know, I've had people contact me months or even a year later saying they finished their homework. And I don't have any idea who they are. I can't remember them because it's been so long since I gave them that homework. You know, I've wasted many hours of mine and others' life letting them come back when, when they really aren't ready to move forward. Often they just want someone to listen, which isn't the worst thing, but often they just want a place to complain and for someone else to do the hard stuff for them. Everyone needs to be heard. and if there's, But if they're still in that, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to do anything about it stage, they aren't ready for a spiritual coach. So we see them once and then wait till they're ready to be seen twice. Spiritual coaches. You'll notice that some people will go back to repeating their story every time you give them a chance to talk, almost like they haven't heard a word you said. When they do, it's usually about how they've been misused. Uh, those who aren't ready, even though their story may be truly sad, um, or, or they're stuck in the. But the, but that proves that they're a little stuck in their story. No matter how many times, um, how many times you've listened closely or how many options you've given them, they always work themselves back to yet another event that they feel they have to tell you. I'm trying not to be insensitive here because what some have gone through in life is genuinely awful and hard to listen to for all the abuse and pain and evil that has been perpetrated against them. You know, maybe no one has ever listened to them before, and maybe you're the first person they've ever told the whole story to. But after listening to them recount the narrative, repeat the stories that they like to tell the best, that have the most shock value and the greatest ability to solicit sympathy. When we call them on their insistence to focus on, on their tale of victimization, sometimes they'll get angry, they'll tell us we're being cruel and insensitive or don't care about them, or use some other form of manipulation to try to silence us so they have yet another chance to tell us another episode. Um, almost voyeuristically, um, about their past. Yes, their experience was immensely hurtful, but our job is not to get stuck there with them, even though we must show them compassion. Our job is to show them the light at the end of the tunnel, and that will require that we turn our focus away from the injustice and towards Jesus Christ, the Just One away from a life of wallowing in the in the evil done to them and toward a life where they take God's hand and rise above it. So you find out that not everyone is ready. When, when I've done that and um, kind of brought them to a place where I've tried to help them realize that um, they just keep repeating their story and aren't hearing anything that I'm trying to say to them about how to rise above the story... Um, um, I try to find something and and they respond to that negatively. I try to find something to apologize for, you know, not for telling them the truth, but for offending them. Even though there may have been no way (laughs) to not give offense, I try to stay humble, to listen and to keep them open to me. Then I gently tell them what I see that's happening. If they don't see it, if they refuse to see it, they don't like what they see. The session will effectively be over. Helping them will be difficult until they're ready. I understand not being ready. I've been there. And coaches need to realize that it's not their job to make people ready. So if you can end the session, yet remain kind, understanding, non-judgmental, and available, they may reconnect to you when they are ready to listen. When they are ready. Really ready for help. Since this is training, I've been blunt here because this needs to be said. Not everyone who comes to a spiritual coach is ready to be coached. The best thing you may do for them is tell them what it looks like from your chair. The best thing you might do for them is tell them that you don't think they're ready. And if it looks that way to you, you can tell them this, if it looks this way to me that you're not really ready, maybe you appear that way and appear in that negative light to others. You know, um, that may be the first bit of useful information that they don't realize you gave them. They may see it as wrong or as an insult, but they need to hear it. They need to hear that they are not ready. Especially, of course, if you feel God is leading you to reflect that back to them, that, that, what you see to them. Some who cling to their right to be heard, to have their day in court, to solicit sympathy, to get revenge by telling the story to yet another person, to anyone who will listen, they aren't quite ready to be well. This may be, um, uh, you know, telling that story, it may be temporarily cathartic to them. But that relief, it won't last and they'll need to vent again. Receiving God's healing is the only way to bleed that hurt and be set free from the need to endlessly repeat the story. But they have to be willing and ready. Uh, so let's talk about boundaries just for a second. Uh, yeah, they, they need a friend who will listen and... Um, And still unconditionally love them. But a spiritual coach can't be that person for everyone. If you try to do that, you'll quickly go out in a a blaze of overworked glory. So to manage this, I have a separate phone number for coaching um, that I give those who I'm working with. And I don't answer that phone. I don't ever pick it up and say hello. If I started talking to people every time they wanted to vent or needed support, I would have no life. What I do do is I try to text them back. I try to do it as quickly as possible. Uh, But I keep the texting even within certain boundaries as well. And then when they've crossed that boundary, I politely ask them to make an appointment. Um, I also direct them to make sure that they have loving yet not enabling support other than myself. Uh, And and because I use a dedicated number, I, I use Google Voice. I now immediately know when they're contacting me. I know why they're contacting me. And, and then I can also silence that when I'm tending to the important relationships in my life that I put in a place of priority over my ministry. You know, God, wife, kids, and friends. And allow me a moment of a little more honesty here. Um, if you're listening to me talk about these boundaries I set and are thinking that you'd never be that strict or rude or insensitive, you may have no business doing spiritual coaching. Not yet, anyway. And you may even be in real danger. Uh, Those who have wounded hearts and can't say no to people, uh, those that are easily manipulated, whose emotions get the best of them, who are prone to always side with the person in front of them, who have the gift of mercy, but that's not balanced with truth, who want people to depend on them instead of on God, they don't make the best coaches. They can be far too willing for unhealthy attachments to be formed. And in that state, they're horrible coaches. At least until they find their own healing and learn to balance love and honesty and honest truth without using the, oh, I was just telling them the truth, as an excuse to be unkind, tactless, lazy, or codependent. Uh, we are all wounded healers. We all have scars and tend to limp the, a little. But we don't want to be wounding healers. And those who haven't yet walked the road that leads to the healing they need for what, um, for what they... No is broken, they can't show others the way, and have no business pretending that they can. Now, while that may have sounded like a difficult truth, and may have struck you as less than loving, I trust you that the spirit you get from these training sessions reveal that I say that from love. In an upcoming session, I'll explain the homework that I've uh, alluded to here. Um, those two handouts that I use in more detail, and I will actually uh, tell you how to um, find the links to get to them. Again, I want to send a big thank you to all who are listening that this episode of podcast has been helpful to you. You can help us get the word out by taking the time to like us on whatever streaming app you're using, and by sharing the link to our podcast or to a specific episode with someone that you think might benefit from them. Next time on the Two Rivers Spiritual Coaching Podcast, we'll tackle the difficult reality that the tragedy in people's lives holds great value if handled correctly okay that's a difficult reality but we're gonna tackle the idea that tragedy while it can be destructive it can also be constructive and it can actually be a treasure we um, we dig out of our personal narrative
0: Thank you. We're honored that you've taken the time to give us a listen as we teach spiritual coaches how to guide Christians into a full and fearless devotion to God. If you'd like to contact Pastor Kara to ask a question, give feedback, or sign up for coaching, you have two options. First, you can visit our coaching website by going to TwoRivers.Church/LifeCoaching. Be sure to hyphenate Life Coaching. When there, just click the button in the blue banner. On that page, you'll also find free tools to use in your spiritual coaching practice. Additionally, you will find a link to a blog where you can get a transcript of today's show, filled with Bible references and other content not mentioned on the podcast. Second, you can email Pastor Carrie directly at carrie at 2rivers.church. That's Carrie-K-E-R-R-Y at 2 Rivers.church. Rivers if this content was helpful, please jump over to iTunes and SoundCloud. Search for the Spiritual Coaching Podcast and give us a like and share the podcast so that more people like yourself can find us. Again, thank you, and we hope to see you on our next episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast.